Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. When she was first introduced to LinkedIn, she was a 57-year-old job seeker without a job for the first time in her career. She turned to LinkedIn and fast forward nine years, she's one of the best LinkedIn coaches in Florida. Listen to her amazing LinkedIn story. Here is Debbie Wemis. So Debbie, it's, uh, it's absolutely awesome to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming. And, Thank you uh, for having me. And uh, without a further ado, I would like to step straight into our questions. And the first is always the same for all our podcast guests. How did you start with LinkedIn? Oh, <laughs> so I probably have a little bit of a different story. I was in the nonprofit industry for 23 years, uh, working around South Florida and um, five different nonprofits over the years, marketing, media, PR, and the last seven years of that was fundraising. I unfortunately lost my job at 57 and um, quite frankly thought I'd be employed a month later because of my database. I, I have a plethora of who's who in Palm Beach and other areas down here. Uh, that was not the case. So I became unemployed for almost two years. And in that process, I discovered LinkedIn as a job seeker, and I had lots of time. I wasn't working, so I really got into learning uh, how to connect with other people that were LinkedIn experts to show me more about the site. I've always been a networker uh, since my college days, and uh, I think networking is key to any business to keep the business going. I loved the idea of meeting prospects or business people online, and then bringing them in front of me, the local people I was connecting with, by inviting them to the next networking event I was going to. And that became a strategy that is a strategy today. Of course, it's um, meeting them through Zoom like this <laughs> for now. Um, but that's, that's how it all started. And eventually, I started showing other older job seekers. I was meeting every month with people. They were over 50. We were all uh, either had a four-year degree or managerial experience. And uh, there's a nonprofit here in the United States. There's, it, there's one in every state that's funded by the state. And they exist to match talent with local businesses. I was put in that category of over 50. <laughs> so I was meeting older unemployed executives, a lot of them six-figure incomes, and we were all struggling just to get interviews. Of course, it was also the recession. So we, we had a couple of things working against us. And as I got more familiar with LinkedIn, and I learned how to connect with HR people, and I learned how to I jump all the resumes that were going into them electronically by getting introduced to them by people that were working there. Um, and that's another strategy we use right now to this day. Um, I started showing these other out of work, older, mature job seekers how to use LinkedIn. Mm. So eventually it became a business. I launched a business in 2011. 
Debbie, was there was there any turning point in your career when you when you you know figure out oh this is actually interesting I can make a business out of LinkedIn? That took a while. <laughs> uh, it took a lot of prodding from well-meaning friends, and uh, I have four older siblings. They're all very successful. Most of them are retired. And they say, well, what are you waiting for? And I said, I'm, I'm terrified. I've never owned a business. I, I don't feel like I know everything I need to know. And, and it, was, it, was <laughs> it was actually one of your past guests who um, I always say he took me off the fence, Wayne Brithart, uh, up in Milwaukee. Uh, he was just the kindest, wonderful person and way back when, and I remember the conversation, um, he was very generous with his time, and, and uh, he said, you're ready. You've got everything you need. Just go for it. So I did. <laughs> and um, once I got into it, I decided to grow my business very organically. I didn't have any money to invest. Um, I didn't feel appropriate asking for money, and I just did it organically. I kept networking in person, and all these people had seen me for the past year stand up and they knew who I was. And they said, Oh, well, what's LinkedIn? <laughs> I said, let me show you. <laughs> and, uh, and it went on from there. So, uh, you know, bless the people I knew 10 years ago locally, they all know me now. And a lot of them are clients and uh, it's, it'll be a story that that job seeking journey is going to be a story real soon, because I think, I think there's a lot of people that could use it right now, you know, in the, the climate that we're in with all the transitioning going on and the reinvention. And that's, that's essentially what I did. I had to reinvent myself because it was the recession. There wasn't a nonprofit out there hiring, much less, you know, an executive director. And, and that's what a lot of people have to do right now. And they're in the process and uh, it's, it's, it can be a long haul. I think one of the important things about it is you, you have to keep your hope going. And that's really difficult when you run out of money. Right. I've been there. I've been there. I've done that. And uh, it's not easy, you know, but it can be done. And, uh, you know, there are jobs out there for people and it's a little bit different to acquire them now. But that, that word hope is really a strong one <laughs> when it comes to the journey that I took and the journey that a lot of people are on today. Obviously, your journey is uh, extremely inspiring, you know, in a 57, you know, stepping in the entrepreneurial shoes. That's, um, that's something with Colonel Sanders did, I guess. But I don't know if, if the story is similar to Colonel Sanders. Maybe it will be, you never know. But how was the beginning of that entrepreneurial journey on LinkedIn for you? And what were the challenges you had to overcome? One of the things I really needed to embrace was... I've always really liked technology, kind of learning the back end of things. I did not go to school for it. So one of the things I needed to learn was a lot of the language and to surround myself with people that knew more than I did. And I made it a point of doing that in the beginning because a lot of times uh, what I was gathering for information, honestly, this is true today. <laughs> I'd get an answer from the help center and I'd say, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> so I would go to Wayne or, you know, now I'm connected to dozens of LinkedIn experts around the world quite on purpose uh, because we do 
help one another to stay on top of all those changes. The difficulty was in the beginning, knowing that it was a double-edged sword. I love the idea of growing my business the way I wanted to and knowing that I needed a constant pipeline of prospects to keep the sales going. And raising my prices, you know, that was the biggest challenge in the beginning. I was, I was terrified. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to start over and find all these new prospects that could afford this new price. You know, I'd go up by $25 an hour or something, you know, and within months I'd say, okay, why did I wait this long? (laughs) And I, you know, it's hard valuing your time. That, that I think above everything else, learning to value my time. I gave away hours and hours in the beginning just to learn what I was doing. Every time I worked with somebody, I would learn something new. If I didn't know the answer, I would go to that help center. You know, I, I, I'd like to say I was on a first name basis with some of those people, but there's millions of LinkedIn members and lots of people in that help center. But you, you just have to, you have to keep learning and you have to keep making time, you have to make the time for constant improvement to, you know, your, your profession and yourself, you know, self-development, self-improvement, have to keep it going. Right. It's awesome. And um, again, very, very inspiring. And uh, I really like your story. What about now? I mean, uh, obviously, we're going through very turbulent times, you know, whole world is um, in the COVID or post-COVID um, situation. How is your business in this moment? Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know, we're, we're very, very blessed. Everything that we offer has been offered either in person or virtually since day one. I am forever grateful for that. I think what, that's one of the biggest challenges a lot of companies have right now is, uh, you know, that word pivot comes into play and, and they, need to, they need to adjust to doing business online if it's even possible for them. So we've, we've been very, very fortunate. And of course, working with a lot of clients who are out of work, you know, trying to uh, get back into that mode of uh, employment, or we're encouraging some of them to look at the idea of, you know, the gig economy and what they can do with the talent they have. Uh, a lot of them probably going to go through the same thing I went through of thinking, oh, can I, really, can I really make money selling one of these talents that I have, you know, becoming an entrepreneur? I think some people have it in them and they just, they just don't know it or they are on that edge that I was on. I know it well. So every time that I work with somebody that's in transition, uh, some of my story comes out every time just to keep them going and and keep the idea going. Mm. You know, it's, um, I've got a couple of people on staff now and we're, we're just really, really fortunate. We have uh, my vice president had transitioned up to Ohio and my main back end person is right here locally, but she's been doing her work virtually. She works at a school during the day. She has a couple of kids and she's done all of her admin work for us virtually. So again, very grateful. And, and I think now we are finally able to do actual workshops, you know, real-time, real-time editing online. And I, I didn't know if we were going to be able to pull that off, but we, we just did our, our first one with a um, very large group of mortgage bankers in Texas. 
uh, last week. And I've since been contacted to do a couple of more. So I, I think we're going to be okay, you know, and, and again, I'm, I live with gratitude. That's awesome. And uh, I'm really happy for you that during these um, not uh, very easy times, um, you're thriving and your business is actually blooming in that sense. Uh, Debbie, I wanted to ask you, um, <clears throat> obviously you as a LinkedIn coach and as, as a LinkedIn, LinkedIn trainer, you have a lot of experiences over the years. What is the, what is the initial start or what, is the, the initial, what are the initial steps you do with your clients when they come, when they approach you? We, we really do try to develop a relationship with our connections and our, our clients. If they come to us, the first thing we do is listen. You know, we have to understand, not just listen. We need to understand what they're dealing with, what their issues are, and the best way to assist them to reach whatever goal it is they're trying to uh, attain. Um, it takes time. And honestly, in our trainings, especially with corporate, if I have a team of corporate salespeople in front of me and I start showing them the target marketing they can do on LinkedIn, uh, they, they start to pick up. They really understand, wow, I can get right in front of who I need to talk to with this LinkedIn. <laughs> and then we have to kind of rein them in because they, they get very anxious to present their product or service and you know, a lot of these people, they're not, it doesn't matter what their age is. You know, I, I've seen salespeople my age, I've seen salespeople my daughter's age, you know, in their 20s, 30s, whatever. They have to be reminded of the no like and trust factor that just never goes out of style. And if you don't take the time to develop it, you're probably not going to get the sale. And there's so many ways that you can, you can take shortcuts to that relationship building on LinkedIn if you know what to look for. Um, there's different touch points on a profile and you want to listen to the prospect and give them viable solutions relevant to where they want to go. And a lot of that can come right from their profile. Mm. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges, getting that relationship going. And it can happen in a couple of weeks. It doesn't have to take months. And the other thing, big thing now, go back to your customers. You know, don't serve them, let them go, that's that. You've got to maintain your relationships. And honestly, when people started to know that I was launching this business, people I hadn't talked to for a while started coming to me and saying, well, you know, what is this LinkedIn? What can, how, how can we use it? These were people I met through the nonprofit work I did. And, um, and it's true now, especially one of the things that we've been uh, encouraging our clients to do that are business owners concerned about the business flow and all that, go back to your customers, go back to your existing clients just to say hello, just to let them know you're checking in on them, not to sell, you know, just keep that relationship going so that when the economy does whatever it's going to do, when it comes back, you know, however it comes back, you're going to stay top of mind with those people that already know you because you took the time to give them a phone call or shoot them an email. It doesn't take long and everybody needs to do it. Mm. You know, all those people out there, they need that. They need that warm fuzzy, <laughs> you know, during a really turbulent time. 
and uh, they will remember you later, you know, when they are in a position to buy again, or I, I have a whole file of corporations who were ready to go and I'm staying in touch with every one of them. So I know that when the time is right, our contracts will start coming in. We lost four big conference contracts um, in March. Right within a month, we lost about, I don't know, $18,000. One of them was for a week in Colorado Springs, and we were just going nuts, getting ready to go out there. And it's a beautiful part of our country. And well, you've probably been there on some of those golf tournaments. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you just have to understand that the easiest customer to get is one that you already have, you mm. know, and you have to keep those relationships going. Right. Debbie, out of all your services which you provide for your clients, what are the ones which make you happiest or what, what, what are the ones which, which you like the most? What do you like out of, out of LinkedIn? Because, you know, we can look at the LinkedIn from many different angles, right? From recruiter angle, from, from uh, the, the one who is seeking the job, uh, from people who are creating profiles for, for the corporate clients. So I would like to ask you, you know, what is your service which you like the most from LinkedIn perspective? That's a great question. <laughs> I think it has to be seeing the client get traction on LinkedIn. You know, we, we know full well who the target is that they're going after. So whether, whether one of us is doing a one-on-one -on -one with someone or a corporate coaching uh, session, when we see our clients start to get traction and start to engage with their targets, that's extremely rewarding. That's, that is what it's all about to us is connect, engage, do business, you know, and, uh, and it's, it can be an interesting journey if you are a nonprofit going after philanthropists, and believe me, they're on LinkedIn, or it's a automotive firm, you know, trying to boost their visibility. Uh, it, it's, it's really, that's a fun part for us is, is seeing the clients get what they need because of our training. Debbie, I, know, I also know that um, you have very specific uh, strategies on LinkedIn and uh, you're talking about 15 minutes a day, uh, things like that. Can you share with us some of your best tips, uh, what we can do on LinkedIn or how to, how to get better on, on the platform? Sure. So it's like any other social media, VTech. You know, you can really get swept up into the homepage and, and start reading. <laughs> so... And I love to do that, but we don't all have the time that I have. And honestly, I don't have that time either. So one of the, one of the tips that we give everybody, scan, start scanning that homepage. Look for images that resonate. Uh, we're always encouraging everyone to attach an image or a video clip to whatever they're posting. That'll always get them better visibility, but scan, don't read. And, and take action, or they call it a reaction now, on a post or two. And if, you know, and in our strategies, we do show them several different ways they can do one post a day very quickly. But you also want to consistently build your network. I don't really care how many people you have already for first level connections. You just never stop building your network. But the key for us and the strategy we're really strong on is you build viable connections 
it's not a numbers game with us. And I know there's a lot of people on the site that are Lions, uh, LinkedIn open networkers, or uh, they, they just build a big network to get those numbers because the more people you have in your network, the more people can find you in organic searches with keywords. Our strategy is yes, you want a big network, but you also want to connect. You want to have some value with every single person you connect with. Mm. I say no to people every day that invite me. If there's no value at all, at all, I will just ignore an invitation and it goes away. You're not notified. So I think consistently building your network and staying engaged. And the engagement part is what throws a lot of people. They think it takes hours. It doesn't take hours. It can take minutes. It's just you have to have a strategy. So we, we kind of lay it out for people and then they build off of that. And in our marketing sessions, we do share exactly exactly what we do with every client we work with because nine times out of ten they can uh, they can adopt our model and make it their own if you like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session this 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for we will show you a step-by-step -step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you. What would you think it's an ideal time? Because you're talking about visibility on, on the platform, engagement. What do you think would be the ideal time one needs to invest into LinkedIn activities on a daily basis just to make some kind of difference to 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 be seen to to be more visible 20 minutes max okay 20 minutes and anything above and beyond that is a bonus and and what happens is when our clients start engaging with the right people they end up spending more time on linkedin <laughs> you know it's like any other tool you have to use it in order to get the return Mm -hmm. But once that return starts coming in, then they start, it's like the light bulb goes off and they're like, hmm, this works, you know, let me try this. And they'll end up spending more than 15 or 20 minutes because they're actually engaging with people that are going to become uh, clients. Mm -hmm. Debbie, also another question which comes to my mind is, um, what do you see as a common mistakes people making on the LinkedIn? Because I'm pretty sure there are many. <laughs> Well, there are two that stand out enough for me to post about them in the last couple of weeks. And both of those posts have well over a few thousand views. So I think I hit a nerve. The first one is people that extend an invitation with a pitch. It's, it's not just assuming somebody wants to connect with you and assuming that they want what you have. It's a full-blown pitch. Now, you only have 300 characters in an invitation. And they're using every one of them to say, hey, did you know we do this, this, and this? And my favorites are the ones that come at me and say, Debbie, did you know you can do lead generation with LinkedIn? We can show you how. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, I kind of give people the benefit of the doubt, but I usually don't connect with those people. Again, it's that know, like, and trust. You have to take time. You have to connect first, then engage. And maybe they don't even want your product or need it. You know, it's, it's sales 101. You can't come at people with a contract before you find out if they even need it. Uh, the second biggest mistake is right after you connect. <laughs> you know, we're advocates of sending out a, a short 
professional thank you note to every single client. I've got over 11,000 first level connections. Now, I'm not saying that to brag. I've been on the site for a little over 12 years and I'm very picky, but every one of those people has received a thank you note from me, every single one. But I don't pitch <laughs> in the thank you. And now we're seeing that. So those are two things that we're pretty strong on, you know, uh, and, and a lot of people do it because they don't know any better or they don't know of another strategy. So we're constantly giving out tips on LinkedIn, just like other, you know, responsible LinkedIn experts. We all, we all freely give out tons of tips for people to follow. Talking about tips and uh, some strategies and methods, I know you, you're very freely sharing it through your, uh, through your newsletter, which um, well, was quite kind of surprising to me that um, you mentioned that it really works for you and um, for your lead generation, which is fantastic. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about um, that strategy, about you know, how you're using the newsletter in order to boost your um, uh, sales activity or lead generation activities? Sure. We have a tendency to inform and educate, whether it's a newsletter, a post, an article, anything like that. Inform and educate are two of my favorite words. And, and the selling comes later. I mean, the selling, if people need what you have and they learn about what you have and they hear about how good you are, you know, the sales are going to come. I think over 95% of our business is referral based. I haven't spent a dime on advertising anywhere. Um, and, and we do have other presences besides LinkedIn. But for us, everything we do, content is super important. And the content needs to inform and educate. You know, whether it's our information or someone else's that we think is, is you know, really good enough to share, uh, if you are informing people and giving them something new to learn or to use or to try, they're going to remember you and they're going to say, wow, this was really good. Let's, let's try this. The newsletter works for us because we keep it pretty short. Um, it does have a bit of a structure, but people that subscribe and open every month, they know exactly what to expect. You know, there's going to be a, a greeting from me. Sometimes they get a little personal in there, but it's, I always try to make it relevant to what's going on or what other people are dealing with. I'm not afraid anymore to give personal examples of what I'm dealing with or going through because people relate to it. You know, it's super authentic. I've really laid it bare in some of the webinars we've been presenting because I'm telling a lot of my own story about being a job seeker and some of it's not so great, you know, my goodness, you know, 10 years ago, if I thought I'd be telling people that I'd be sitting in this office waiting for a sale so I could fill my gas tank and go get my mail, you know, whatever. I mean, these are stories that I went through and sometimes it's helpful for people to hear that. So if you make it authentic, if you keep it informative and educational, you're going to get much better results regardless of, of what it is you're doing, whether it's a post, an article, newsletter, or whatever. The newsletter, it has to be relevant to you. You know, I have a lot of uh, clients that are realtors, not particularly interested in real estate, but some of my other clients might be. Um, so I do take a quick look at their newsletters 
if I was in the market for a home to buy or sell, they would be much more relevant to me. So I don't spend as much time uh, reading those newsletters as I do other ones. Hmm. But if you can learn, I'm not a big investor, <laughs> but I also, I will read uh, the finance newsletters that come to me from my clients because I might pick up a tip or two that I can use later, you know, hmm. when I do win that lotto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Debbie, I would like to ask you um, uh, another question because um, I kind of feel that you know the digital world out there is pretty populated. It's very, very saturated, and sometimes it's very difficult to to be heard. You know, to stand out. What do you do with your activities and with uh, your clients as well? You know, in order to be heard, be visible. That's another great question. I think I completed it at midnight last night. <laughs> you have to keep creating. Uh, you have to keep innovating. You cannot get stale. And I, I am guilty. <laughs> you know, I get into warp speed with everything we're doing. And then all of a sudden, it's like a year and a half goes by. And I'm like, have we done anything new lately? <laughs> So we're, we're announcing something rather large with this newsletter for October, and it's coming out, it's coming out tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to keep you in suspense. But no, I think one of the best things that people can do if they're, if they're trying to stay relevant, you need to stay on top of things and just keep creating, you know, keep changing, be willing to change, be willing to try new things. Uh, we are striving now to get into something we really haven't done. My business turned nine in June, nine years. And as I was developing and finishing this thing last night, I was thinking, wow, we're, we're actually starting to sell a product. <laughs> and I know full well other LinkedIn experts that, you know, they've written books, they sell DVDs, they do online courses, whatever. Um, Again, you know, I've chosen to grow my business in a way that I can wake up with a smile on my face and know that I'm offering value uh, to everybody that we deal with. And, and that's just the way I've chosen to do it. I was asked a lot of times, when are you going to hire somebody to help you? You know, I, I was on my own for a good four years before I hired anybody else. And they're all contract workers. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't have full-time employees and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but I think you, you have to, um, you, you can't get complacent, especially mm -hmm. if things are going well. You can't get complacent. You have to keep innovating. Talking about innovation and uh, looking at um, um, some other uh, solutions out there or some other ways how to, how to do things, what do you like about, about um, LinkedIn in terms of, of the content? So looking at your content, what works for you the most effective way? Is it polls, videos, you know, text posts? You know, what works for you? We've been um, experimenting with polls and I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that they're not worth my time. I don't know what LinkedIn had in mind when they introduced that option. I thought, well, this is interesting. And I'm not encouraging polls. Uh, that's one thing that came out. On the flip side, I absolutely love featured. You know, that's the new section on the profile where you can actually emphasize and repurpose 
posts, articles, uh, blogs, media, any link from the internet, and you can really make it stand out in the featured section. So we're really enjoying showing our clients, you know, more about how to how to think outside the box when you're using that section because it does stand out rather prominently on the profile and you have seconds to keep people on your profile to learn more about you. We finally got stories this past weekend. Honestly, it, it's so much like Instagram. I'm like, mm, do I really like this? I'm gonna give it a chance. I might give it a try. <laughs> uh, you know, my first impression so far, and there's a lot of people I know that have it, they're jumping on it, they're doing it, and I'm like, okay, was this worth my time for a minute? Uh, it really smacks of Instagram to me, and I know Instagram is huge for other people. <laughs> you know, we haven't quite embraced it. Uh, frankly, we're, we're very happy and blessed with the business we have right now with everything we're doing. Uh, maybe someday I'll have a dedicated person to open us up on Instagram. But right now, things are good with what we're doing. So I like, I like the new things they introduce. I also like to take you know, our time as a team to try these new things. So we're going to do some experimenting with stories. And, you know, we'll see what else LinkedIn throws at us. Okay, from the perspective of the tools, are there any specific LinkedIn tools you, you are using uh, for, for, your, for your work or for your clients? We exhaust every single search option. All of our, all of our coaching is based on the basic membership, which is free, mm -hmm. or premium membership, which is the first step up for a paid membership. We don't, we don't go into the other levels because there's plenty of other people out there doing that. We, we've chosen to focus on those two levels of membership. If they're on premium, we make sure they're using all the options that they're paying for. And I'm, I'm just gonna say maybe eight out of 10 people on premium that we work with are actually aware and using everything they're paying for. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that were on premium. They didn't have a clue what they were paying for and they dropped it, went back to the basic after they worked with us because there are ways to get what you need from the basic membership. And there's a huge percentage of members that are using that free membership. So for us, I mean, you need to be in front of your target market. So that requires searching. And there's all sorts of features in searching uh, that are layered. I, I call LinkedIn the most layered site I know of. Every time you think you know something, that's like, oh, wait a minute, I can do this. <laughs> so we make sure people are aware of all the search options and what you can do to, to, get, your to get in front of your target. Is there anything what you don't like about LinkedIn? <sighs> <laughs> How much time do we have? No, I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love LinkedIn. Like any other site, you know, they have what they call, I call them tech glitches. And I'll, I'll give you one that I'm dealing with right now. I don't know why, but this morning I got onto my feed. I'm going to say the first 20 updates or, uh, you know, posts were at least a week old. I, and I don't, I don't know, the last few days, I'm getting a lot of old posts 
showing up first in my homepage feed. Uh, so I'm about to write to the help center about that or just put a post out. Actually, I'm going to put a post out today about it because I get faster feedback <laughs> from other people. And there was another one. Uh, I don't think it's as prominent now, but a lot of people were dealing with going to someone's profile and not seeing any activity when in fact the person is very active and you just have to refresh the screen and oh, there's the activity. So I call those tech glitches and they do run into them. And again, that's why we stay on top. We try to stay on top. I engage with other LinkedIn experts around the world and usually somebody has an answer. And uh, if not, then we all kind of focus on whatever the issue is and we all report back and you know, we, we stay engaged with each other so we can help our networks. Debbie, you mentioned um, your clients, you work with your clients uh, very closely on, on different strategies on LinkedIn. Is there anything specific you come, uh, which comes to your mind in terms of what you're proud of, uh, of, of the achievement with your, with your clients? Would you like to share something like this with us? Absolutely. I absolutely love it when an executive that is out of work sends me that email and just overjoyed that they've got a job and they credit LinkedIn. Uh, they credit the profile that we worked on, uh, the strategies of eyeballing companies that they really want to work for and taking the time to develop relationships with people that work at that company so they can get through to the HR person. Those are some of my favorite stories, favorite. I got an email last night from a young lady who has really been struggling. Uh, and she, God bless her, got a, got a call center job 20 hours a week. She said, it's exactly what I was looking for. It gives, because she's also an entrepreneur and she has a, a little business that she's been cultivating and it gives her time to do both. She is off the wall excited. I, I love getting those emails. So that's my favorite. That's mm. my favorite stuff. Awesome, awesome. Working on LinkedIn can be sometimes very time consuming. And I know there are so many, so many automation tools. What, what is your take on automation tools and LinkedIn? I have three words. Don't do it. <laughs> and there's also another short phrase, the LinkedIn user agreement. Nobody reads it. It's about, uh, I've, I've printed it out. I take it around when I used to go to in-person uh, speaking engagements or workshops. I always had a copy of it with me. When you print it, it's eight pages and the font is so small, <laughs> you have to blow it up to read it. Nobody reads it. You know, when they start a LinkedIn account, they check off the box that says, yes, I agree. And off they go. So we have a page from it. Uh, it's a section eight and it's called LinkedIn do's and don'ts. And again, nobody pays attention to it. Nobody reads it. So we have it saved as a one page reference document right from the agreement. And when we need to, we, we, we graciously gift people with it. And uh, there is a section that, that says that you as a LinkedIn member promise not to use any type of scraping software to get into the algorithms, get into the member data uh, for, the, you know, for any purpose. And you know, all that being said, people are gonna do what they, what they wanna do. Automation speeds up 
it's supposed to speed up the selling process, you know, and we're, we're just adamant about the old school, know, like, and trust, develop the relationship. Um, and you're going to get repeat business from those clients if you take the time to do that. On the other hand, Sure, I can show somebody how to do LinkedIn generation with software that'll give you a thousand leads a month. Um, you'll probably eventually get shut down by LinkedIn and you won't have access to your account anymore, but I can show you being facetious. We don't use it. I don't particularly like it, but I understand why people use it and why it's attractive to them. And there are dozens of companies out there that have products like that, that work off of Chrome extensions or whatever. And if you want to take the chance on using it, then, you know, it's your choice. We are not advocates of anything to automate that integrates with the LinkedIn data and algorithms. Good. Okay, okay. Thank you for, for that. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're one of the very few who reads that, <laughs> that user's agreement, that's for sure. <laughs> Do I get a prize for that? <laughs> Debbie, I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite type of content on LinkedIn? Oh, I, I, I love it when I look at something and I learn something new. And it doesn't have to come from another LinkedIn advocate. You know, a lot of times I will learn new things just on my homepage feed. They, I think the human eye is attracted to color. I've decided the color red is a really, really good color to attract attention. But I, I really enjoy learning new things. And, and I do learn a lot from other LinkedIn experts that take the time to make easy to understand graphics, spelling out something. I'll give a shout out to Sid Clark. He's in California, former IBM. I call him a techie. <laughs> and, and he is exemplary at taking complex challenges and making them easy to understand with the graphics that he pulls together. So uh, I love what he does for posting. And, and there's many others too. Okay, I'm gonna stop naming people because I'll get myself in trouble. <laughs> No, actually, that would be nice. Uh, do you have any any specific people who you you know actively follow? Um, you know, from the from the LinkedIn community. I have some favorites in the UK: Greg Cooper, John Asperian. I am just starting to do a lot of these Zoom calls with people overseas just to get to know them better. Of course, I mentioned Wayne Breitbart in Milwaukee. I, I love uh, Shelley Elslinger. Uh, in Toronto and Brenda Meller in Detroit. Hey, I'm doing pretty good here. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there are so many wonderful people that have really taken the time to embrace LinkedIn for what it is. Right. You know, it's just a terrific place for professional networking and, and making business connections. Sure. Debbie, imagine, imagine there is a, a novice, somebody who's just starting on LinkedIn what would be your tip? What would be your advice? Uh, what to start with, where to start with? You know, they don't have to hire us to, to start. If they're starting from scratch and they're building a profile, my biggest piece of advice, take your time. Read before you advance through the screens. LinkedIn, uh, I love LinkedIn, but they will sidetrack you with, um, trying to get you to give up your address book for your email. Uh, I'm not in favor of that for many reasons, but you have to read 
uh, everything on each page before you advance through the process of building your, your LinkedIn profile. Number And number one, right off the bat, get a headshot. <laughs> I can't believe how many profiles still we run across every day. They have to understand that this is a visual site, you know, and you have seconds to attract someone's attention. And for me, if somebody invites me to connect, I don't know the name and there's no headshot, I don't even go to their profile. That's an instant ignore for me. I want to see who I'm dealing with. So take your time building that profile. Uh, the, follow the essential sections that LinkedIn advises. And one of the first things they advise is to get a headshot. Um, and it goes on from there. Take your time and, and be thorough, be authentic. <laughs> awesome. Debbie, I'm pretty sure we could carry on for another hours. But before, before we wrap up today, today podcast, uh, today episode, I would like to ask you, is there anything specific you would like to add to what we, what we have already discussed? Is there anything, anything else you want to add? I would advise people that are, as they build their network, uh, don't be afraid to invite people to connect that you don't know, but personalize, always personalize your invitation. Go to that person's profile, hit connect. <clears throat> ignore the new verbiage that's now there that says your invitation is on its way. No, it's not <laughs> until you hit done, but preferably hit add a note and personalize your invitation. You can only do it from the person's profile, uh, but relate something from their profile in your invitation, A, to let them know you read their profile and B, make it a relevant invitation. You know, and they can probably surmise that you might want to sell them something later. Um, but you're starting to build that relationship right out of the gate with your invitation. So make it non-threatening and professional. Awesome. Those are great tips. Thank you very much, uh, Debbie, for being on the show. And before we go, where people can go to, uh, to get in touch with you, obviously, I think it's on, on LinkedIn and where else? Our website is dwconsultingsolutions.com. That has everything you need, really, including uh, our webinar series right on the homepage. We're kicking that back into gear in October. Complimentary 30-minute webinars every week. And we're just going to keep doing that to help people. And, uh, of course, Debbie at dwconsultingsolutions.com is my email. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And... Uh, Thank you so much, uh, VTech. I really enjoyed this podcast and getting to know you a bit better. Debbie, thank you very much once again for being here with us uh, today. Uh, and I definitely would like to come back to you again um, um, sometime, sometime soon in um, another episode of uh, LinkedIn Smart Podcast. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.